Uh, I'm still continue with what I started a few weeks ago when I started talking about algorithm of a momentum. And they last week, I, I only got stuck on just one point. I, I said, define what to pursue. And uh, all through the week, I couldn't stop even thinking um, about, about that. But I need to remind you where we started from, because we said this year, the word God has given us, and this word will reverberate all through the year. We will talk about everything and anything that's got to do with our lives, and the word momentum will guide everything that's got to do with our lives. And on my way to church this morning, the Holy Spirit reminded me that in 2017, God gave us a word, and the word was envisioning. Then we were, we were still at, you know, the first place where the church started on Pendennis Road. And I remember I kept saying to the church that even though this place, yeah, it's, you know, it's where we, we, we were at the time, that we needed to get out. We needed to get out. That the work we are going to do as a church, that work has not even started. So the first year, the second year, the third year, I said, we just needed to just get out. Because when we move out, we're moving to a prepared place. That we're moving to a place where the work will actually start. And so I was thinking envisioning, I was thinking momentum, envisioning momentum. And then it just kind of came together that the place of defining what you pursue is actually the same word as vision. Defining what to pursue is the same word as setting a target for yourself. And so the scripture that we've been reading kind of just make more sense to me. And I'll tell you what I decided to do with it uh, in, in the course of the week. So Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 to 2. Hebrews chapter 12. Can I also say thank you so much for uh, all the... Uh, EP team for an amazing, if you're there in the house with your coffee, whatever it is, give yourself a massive round of applause because they, the team strategy retreat yesterday was just amazing. And thank you so much for every member of EP team that were at the strategy retreat yesterday. And I believe that we are going uh, as far as the Lord Jesus will lead us in the year 2021. So thank you so much for being part of that. Hebrews 12 verse 1 to 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off. Everyone say throw off. Because there are times that you might need to throw off certain things that have hindered you for so long in your life. There might be times you might need to throw off a friend. I'm not saying kill people, but you might have to throw off friendship. Don't throw off a friend, but throw off friendship because there are times that certain friendship, you, they, they, they've gone with you to a certain level. They've gone with you. Everyone knows that there's difference between events and decisions because every decision had events that led to it. Certain, wherever you are right now, someone said, where you are today are as a result of the decisions you made yesterday. So every friend that not allowing you to make godly decisions, it's time to throw them off. Every mindset that's not allowing you to make godly decisions or probably the events that they're bringing around your life, they're not the things that are aligning you with the plan and the purpose of God, it's time to throw them off. It's time to throw them off. The only person you're not allowed to throw off is your spouse. But we, we, don't, we don't support divorce in this place unless abuse is, 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 a, is an issue. But we're not doing that theology this morning. But please don't, throw, don't say, yeah, pastor said we're throwing people off. Darling, on your bike, out, you go. No, we, we, that's not what we're talking about. 
but it's time to throw off everything that entangles you. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scoring its shame and sat at the right hand of the throne of God. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross and he despised the shame and he sat on the right side of God. And so last week, I, I looked at the story of Jesus when Jesus, uh, in the book of Mark chapter 4, verse 35 to verse 41, said to the disciples, let us cross to the other side. After he's taking time to talk to people about the state of their heart, about the soil of their heart. And so when Jesus said, let us cross over to the other side, I said, if you are going to go with God, if you're going to make the momentum that God has actually planned for us this year, there are things you have to put in perspective. So we started talking about the algorithm or the process of uh, a momentum. And I said, the first thing is, you need to define what to pursue in the year 2021. And uh, there's a book I read a while back. Um, and I've got a copy of that in my office, if you'd like to borrow it. Uh, it's a book written by the late Miles Monroe. And he said, there are times that people run after their pursuits in life. There are times that people run after vision in life that they have not taken their time to actually decide on the cost and the principle of their vision. The cost and the principle of, in fact, it's like the cost, the nature and the principle of their vision, but they just run, they just run after their pursuit. And then after a while, they decided that, wait a minute, every pursuit, every vision, every target I've actually got the nature of it, the cost of it, and the principle of it. So I don't want you to start running after or pursuing after something without defining the nature of what you're running after, the cost of what you're running after, because it will cost you something. The Bible says, let us throw off everything that entangles us and look onto Jesus. It means when I look at Jesus, I have to look away from something. I have to look away from the mindset that I've been carrying for a very long time. I have to look away from the mindset that's not drawing me closer to Jesus. May I say this to you that in the year 2000, uh, in the year 2000, which was the beginning of the so-called millennia, I decided to look away from my Jehovah's Witness girlfriend who was living with me in the house and she was so pink, but I decided that it's time for me to look to Jesus and not look at a girl that is pink and making me to go to hell. It was time for me to actually decide that what shall it profit me? I had a good job. I was working. I had my flat and I was earning some money and I had a girlfriend living with me. And guess what? I was in church like you as well. So I was, I, was, I was doing everything and everywhere. But I decided on June 2000 that it was time for me to look away from everything and just look onto Jesus. I decided it was time for me by November 2000 that it was time for me to look away from alcohol and just look onto Jesus. By, 2000 and, by 2001, because it took me a while, I decided it was time to look away from Benson and Hedges and Rothman's King Size and Marlboro 
I just look unto Jesus. I decided by 2002, it was time for me to look away from X-rated materials that are clogging my mind and leading to masturbation. I decided it was time to look away. I decided it was time to look away from the bitterness that I had in my mind because my dad did not give me the motherly, the support that I needed when I was growing up as a child. Even though, yes, there were times that there was a lot of money in the house, but what I needed was a father, was not money. I decided to look away from the bitterness that I had in my mind by the year 2000. It was a process. Let's almost say it was a process. It was a process. I don't know what they're teaching you in Sunday school. Type that in the chat and say, my deliverance is a process. My peace is a process. My elevation is a process. My release is a process. My peace of mind is a process. It was a process for me. And guess what? I started serving in church right from the moment I rededicated my life to God. I became youth leader. I became prayer secretary of another organization. I became, I, I mean, I, I was serving three different organizations and I was working at night and I was sending myself to university. It was a process. But by the year 2002, the process that God began in me, that process was taking deeper and deeper roots in my life through the revelation of the word of God and through the power of the Holy Spirit. Looking away from everything that I may look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of my faith, who for the joy that was set before him. And, and for years, I kept pondering on the joy that was set before him because I knew that the joy that was set before Jesus was not the glory of heaven because the Bible says in the book of Genesis, God said, let us make man in our own image. So it was not the voice of heaven. It was not priority of position in heaven. He had that. John chapter one made us to understand that in the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God and nothing was made except through the word and I understood in Revelation chapter 5 that he is a lion of the tribe of Judah he is a lamb of God that was slain so that there might be deliverance to all eternity for myself and, my, and, and you so it wasn't glory that Jesus desired it wasn't position that he desired so what was the joy that was set before him I'm glad you asked that joy was you that joy was you for the Bible makes us to understand that in bringing many sons to glory, he pleased the captain of our, he, he pleased God to let the captain of their faith to go through suffering. Wow. In bringing many sons to glory, in bringing Gabriel to glory, in bringing joy, amen, in bringing Tanya to glory, in bringing George to glory, in please, in bringing you watching me online, type in there, in please God to bring me to glory. In bringing us to glory, it pleased God to let the captain of their faith go through sorrow. And so I understood that the joy that was set before Jesus was you and myself coming to glory so that we may say that we are sitting in Christ Jesus far above principalities and power. That whether you're churched or unchurched, whether you, don't under, whether you do understand the language that I'm talking about or you don't, I'm saying to you that God is saying he pleases me to let my son die on the cross so that you 
may no longer suffer addiction, so that you may no longer suffer rejection, so that you may no longer suffer abuse, so that you may enter into glory with me. So we look away from something and we look unto Jesus. What would you look away from this year? Because as long as that regrets continue to take a very important place on your mantelpiece, you're not looking unto Jesus. As long as the bitterness and the bickering and the gossip still take place in your life, you're not looking unto Jesus. You're looking unto religion. You're looking at the nameplate of your church. You're looking at the Instagram handle of your church. You're not looking unto Jesus. Because when I look unto Jesus, everything else, everything else fades into insignificance. It takes number one in my place. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. May I announce to you, the first you must define to pursue this year is Jesus. Define to pursue Jesus this year. So, <laughs> so, so still stuck with just point number one from last week. So I decided that, listen, I... Because I know that another word for defining what to pursue is a vision. Set vision, set goals for yourself. And so I began to think about it. Then I remember that my next door neighbor, I'm not sure, I don't know whether he's watching right now. Uh, Mr. Powell, thank you so much. My next door neighbor, who's a retired teacher, um, he is, he, uh, is an archery instructor. So I decided to actually go and take a crash course uh, it, uh, for archery, just, just the week gone by. So he, he was kind enough to give me a, a crash course uh, on the, the skills with regards to archery. So I just thought, okay, talk me through the process of archery because I needed to understand how to define what to pursue. I, I don't want to just come here and just tell you things. And uh, I went to him, I said, would you please take me through and just give me a crash course on archery? So... Um, he was kind enough to lend me this. So, uh, I'm sure the church is thinking, okay, what's, uh, what's happening today? So, he was kind enough to lend me this, but I'll, I'll talk about this in a moment. But I want to first of all talk about the targets. Now, Mr. Powell... Uh, it's a, Mr. Powell is a very, uh, very clever man, very intelligent man, taught in grammar school for so many years, so very quite intelligent man. And so um, when I told him I'd like to take a crash course um, on arch uh, in archery, so he, rather than giving me an, a ready-made target, Mr. Powell decided to actually make his own target. And we could have just gone to any shop, any sports, target sports shop, and just buy a target. And so it, it didn't make sense to me. I was just looking at the, the target that, you can see this was a kind of homemade one. It's not a, a kind of, you know, excellent one, but Mr. Power decided to actually make this himself. And it, I, I kept thinking about it all through the week. I kept thinking, I said, there's something about the fact that he had to make the target himself, and then it struck me. That in life, so many people have their targets made for them. But so many people have to make their own target themselves. So many people had a father figure in their life. And so they learn through life. Because when you talk about the target, you're talking about your vision. 
You're talking about what to pursue. Because really, the first thing an archer decides to do is set up a target and then decide where, how, where that target will be positioned and where that target will be. And I realized that in deciding, in the momentum of life, in deciding what to pursue, in deciding the targets and the goals and the visions of life, the levels are not level for everyone. The grounds are not leveled for everyone. And so we'll be making a lot of mistakes if you're comparing my goals, my vision, and my pursuit with yours. Because how do I compare myself to the young man whose dad was always there to read in bedtime story? How would I compare myself to the young lady whose mom was always there to actually sit down and hold their hands every night. How would I compare myself in deciding what to pursue with the man whose dad was there all their life and they were, they, they, their dad was a role model to them and so they had a father guiding them, teaching them, telling them how to be. They had a Christian father kneeling down with them to pray with them, telling them about the virtue of being a believer and looking away from everything else and looking onto Jesus. But here you are, your dad left when your mom got pregnant. And you learned how to be a man on the streets. You learned to be a rugged man, as we used to call it when I was in Comfra. You learned to be how to be a rugged man. If you were like me from age 16, even though I had my grandparents around me, from age 16, I was, I was sexually active. I knew everything. I was, I was already sexually active with people who were older than me at age 16. I knew the nook and cranny of how to do. The only thing I didn't do was drugs. Yeah, I'm just always saying, yeah, Pastor, you're right. No, I didn't. How would I compare myself? So here I am, and I'm married. Maybe. Your, your wife had a totally different upbringing. And you're looking, at, you're looking at a member of your church and you're looking at how the husband is dealing with wife and you're comparing your husband to that. You don't know the target that your husband had to prepare. That what your husband is doing right now is at homemade targets about how to be a godly husband in the house. And you are preparing, you're comparing him to a husband that was given a ready-made target. You're killing yourself because someone, a friend, whose dad had to take equity from their own property to give them a, a leg over to buy their own property. And you're thinking your life is finished because you've not bought your own property. He had his economic targets prepared for him. You have, from your income that God has blessed you with, you had to make your homemade targets. You have to decide, after years of having CCJ or your credit score, you have to decide that I cannot continue like this because I have to be a man. I have to live to be a man, the kind of man that my son and my daughters will be proud of. And so when Mr. Powell began to make this target, I started to look at it, that in life the targets are not the same. Some people have the, the vision laid out for them. Some people have their goals and pursuit and aspiration almost prepared for them. 
But there are people who have to start from the scratch. So be very careful the way you gossip about a member of church who fell into sin. Because they didn't have parents who took them to church like you were. So how dare you throw stones when you live in a glass house? How dare you look at the speck in their eyes when there is a forest, not even a log in your own eyes? So we need to be very careful. That's why we said one of the things we're believing God for is that we are a church where grace set the tone of the church, but where holiness guards our heart, that we don't mess with sin. Life targets, life goals, life visions. So in 2021, be real. Everyone say be real. Be real when you set your goals. Don't let someone's Instagram page be the determination of the goals that you set. I don't care what you look like on your YouTube channel. I'm set, I mean, and I'm also guilty of that because sometimes as a pastor, you look at the YouTube page, you look at the followership of some people, where some people are getting like thousands of views and you're getting on that 100 or under 200 views and you're thinking, yay, have I made a wrong... But I've learned to understand that I don't care how many views I've got as long as I am leading people to heaven. The targets of life. And so uh, I, I learned quite a lot just by, just by watching what uh, Mr. Powell was, was teaching me over this weekend. Because I wanted to understand the, the concept of what to pursue. I don't want to just run blindly. So the first thing we did was to set the target board. And with the target board, we define the vision. We define where we're going to go. We define because we know that not everyone are the same. We define, we define the fact that not everybody has the same set target. But I don't want you to think that because I said you're not starting at the same level with other people. I don't want you to use that as an excuse to live a mediocre life. No. There are so many people who didn't start at the same platform, but they took opportunity with, their, with both hands and decided that I might not have had the best of upbringing. I might not have had the best of economic investment, but I'm going to make sure that the generation that come after me are better off. So please don't use the failure of your parents as a reason or the excuse why you're not going to do well in life. You will be a complete idiot if that's what you're deciding to do. But I know you're not. You're wise people. And I decided years ago that none of my children will ever go through what I've been through. I decided long ago that none of my disciples will have to go through the things I went through while growing up. I know I cannot deny or deprive anyone of their own life experience. But I decided that my life must be transformational. None of my friends, if I could help it, will go to hell. Why? Because I've seen what hell look like. I've seen what hell look like. And so, we, we then, after we set the target, then, then came the preparation for the bow. I, I, I love this part. Now, so when we, so Miss, Miss, uh, Mr. Powell told me a couple of things about the, the bow. And he explained dif different type of historical examples of the bows. And, um, and what I understood was this. That because we went through a process of preparing the bow, so many people are very quick to run with 
hitting the target, that they don't take time to actually prepare the bow. I decided not to bring the arrow because I don't want to misfire and then it just suddenly hit someone in, in this place. Uh, but, but one of the things that he taught me was that the archer, first of all, make a stand. The archer has to, first of all, make a stand like this and look like that towards the target. And I was thinking about that, and I remember what the Bible said. He was asking me, that, are you going to be linking all of these to, to some theology? I said, yes, yes, because none of these things, I'm not just doing this uh, as much as I love, I love uh, Pastor Mike Todd so much. I'm not doing a Mike Todd thing. I'm just doing this because Jesus was the best of graphic illustrator in the Bible. In Mark chapter 9, verse 36, Jesus wanted to talk about the humility of how to be a warrior in the kingdom of God and yet a child at heart. And Jesus said to them, bring a child. And he asked a child to stand in the middle of them. And Jesus began to teach them the kingdom principle. That in the kingdom, you can be such a mature and powerful person. But when it comes to your heart towards God, you have to be a child. You have to be a child. You have to be a child in your belief. A child will believe anything. Anything. My daughter went to school one time and told the, the, uh, her friend and said, my, my, dad is, my dad is a great man. That my dad is the, I think maybe she said I was the head teacher or something. I said, no, no, I'm still, I'm just head of department, not the head teacher yet. Because a child will, a child will believe anything. And Jesus wasn't asking us to be a child in our faith. She was asking, he was asking us to be a child in our belief. There's a difference between that. You grow in faith, but in your belief, in your absolute confidence and in your absolute trust in God, you'll still remain a child say, Lord, tell me whatever it is, I believe it. I don't even have to use my cognitive or my experience or my education to try and reason it out. I believe you, Lord. And in Mark chapter 12, verse 15, when people were talking about money, about giving, Jesus said to them, go and bring me a denarius. He didn't have to do that. He could have just said, right, who speaks to us on a denarius? Is Caesar right? Go and give to Caesar. But he said, no, no, bring it. Because he wanted people to understand just by looking at a picture. He said, go and bring me a denarius. And I said, whose picture is on that? He said, uh, Caesar, they give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. Give to God what belongs to God. And I think that there's a sermon there. There's a message there for someone. Some of you are giving to Caesar what belongs to God. And some of you are giving to God what belongs to Caesar. Faith does not replace responsibility. And responsibility should not deny faith. Give to God what belongs to God and to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. And so the preparation of the bow. And he took a time to talk me through the eye. And I have to look at the target through the eye, and it taught me through how to pull back the, the string which actually hurts, hurts my fingers. And then I understood that it is sometimes that vision is what makes my pain purposeful. Vision is what makes my pain. If I don't understand what I'm trying to do, every process of the way will be painful. And so when I pull back the string all the way, he told me not to let it go uh, because the thing will fall apart. So when I pull back, I'm looking all the way through the eye to look at my target. I'm looking through the eye 
And I remember what the Bible says that if your eye is single, if your eye is single, if your eye is focused, I will look away from every other distraction and I will see only the target I set before me. If my eye is single, I don't care what my mates and my friends are doing. I'm only looking at one target that's set before me. In my spiritual life, I'm only looking at the target called Jesus. In my economic life, I'm looking at the target of where God wants to take me and my family to. Please define today what you are pursuing. And let your vision be assessed through the eye of the word of God. Because if your vision is assessed through the, the word economic firm, submission, if your vision is assessed through the media handle of somebody else, if your word vision, if what you pursue is assessed through somebody else's perspective, then we fail before we started. So I had to look at my vision through the eye. And the eye is the word of God. I'm looking at the possibility for the Bible says he's able to do exceeding abundantly, more than what I ask or think of, according to his spirit that works in me. So I'm looking at my target for the year 2021. I'm looking at what I'm pursuing. I'm pursuing a life that my children will actually grow up and see that they had a caring father. I'm pursuing a life where my wife will look at me and say, I didn't just have a spouse in the house. I have a friend and a lover. I'm pursuing a lifestyle where everyone around me, when they see me, they don't just see me, but they see me becoming like Jesus. I'm pursuing a life where my generation to come. In fact, let me tell you one of my targets. One of my targets is to actually pay the university fees of my grandchildren. Not just my children, the university fees of all my grandchildren. I'm pursuing a lifestyle of economic or of financial freedom. I'm pursuing a lifestyle of health and well-being. And every time I'm setting my target, my homemade target, that is not necessarily because of what somebody else had already prepared or somebody else had already done. Every time I'm looking at my homemade target, I'm looking at it through the eye. And when I'm pulling back my strings, when I'm pulling back every emotion, when I'm pulling back every vision, when I'm pulling back every decision to let my arrow go, to let my potential, my skills, my ability go, I'm looking at everything through the eye of God's word. Because I know the Bible says that God framed the world by his word. And I'm so going to frame, because when I, I, I did something very interesting, and I told, Mr. Power didn't know what happened. He asked me, he said, what happened? Because I tried to fire, so I pulled back the string, and I took aim, and I fired one arrow, in, uh, and it went into Mr. Power's garden. Thank God their dog was not about, because uh, we'll have called ambulance. And he said, what happened? And I said, I tried to cheat the process. This was what I did. I was no longer looking through the eye. What I did was to set the arrow above the target. And so when I pulled it back and fired it, the arrow went somewhere else. 
And he said, okay, what lesson have you learned from that? And I said, there are times that we don't face the reality of life. We don't face reality and know that, listen, your strength is only the strength of God that's made perfect in your weakness. Your own strength as a human being is limited. And so when we set targets sometimes, we set targets way above our head because we're working based on somebody else's targets. And so when I aim, I try to aim above the target and the arrow went somewhere else. In 2021, aim solid, aim focused, but whatever you pursue in the year 2021, let it be through the eye of God's word. Let someone say amen. Amen. Preparing the bow. Preparing your character. Preparing the nature of God in you. Preparing everything that makes Jesus beautiful in your life. And I'm trusting God that we will take our time to prepare ourselves, to prepare our prayer life. Jesus, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross and he despised the shame. Question is this, what vision, excuse me, what vision, what target would you pursue in 2021? The next thing that we saw by example of Jesus, so after defining what to pursue, Jesus defined what to prevent. He defined what to pursue, and next, he defined what to prevent. In verse 40 of Mark chapter 4, Mark chapter 4, verse 40. Jesus said to them, when they were afraid of the, you know, of the sea and the, uh, of the storm, Jesus said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? So not only did Jesus def- define what to pursue, because he said, let us cross over. Not only did he define what to pursue, because he knew the joy that was set before him before he died on the cross. But in this particular story, he asked them, why are you so fearful? Write this down. In 2021, I will define what to prevent. I will define what to prevent. I will define the fear to prevent. I will define the unbelief, the procrastination, the temptation, the pleasure, the emotion, the regret and the hurts to prevent. I will define what to prevent. That's why David in Psalm 16 verse 8, Psalm 16 verse 8, David said, I have set the Lord always before me. And because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. I have set the Lord always before me. Because it is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. Define what to prevent. Define the fear. You know yourself more than anybody else. You know how you procrastinate. Define what to prevent in the year 2021. Number three, define what to portray. And I think I'm going to stop there today. Define what to portray. What attitude would I portray and model to everybody else this year? Yesterday during the team uh, strategy retreat, we looked at 2 Peter from uh, chapter 1. And I summarized that by saying that Peter was encouraging when he wrote the letter to the Jews who were probably losing faith because Jesus delayed in returning. In 2 Peter, if you read chapter 1, And he started telling them, he started by saying that through the knowledge of God, we have everything that gives power for life and for godliness. And then he went on from verse 5, talking about, in order for you to actually make momentum, spiritual momentum in all areas of your life, there is a need to add 
excellence to your faith. There is a need to add knowledge to excellence. There is a need to add self-control to knowledge. There is a need to add godliness to self-control. There is a need to add brotherly kindness to godliness. There is a need to add perseverance. There is a need to add love. And it said, if all these things increase in your life and they prevail, you will be fruitful and you will be productive. So Peter was simply saying, if you want to experience godly momentum in the year 2021, you should not just define what to pursue. You ought to define the things to prevent, the things to guard your heart against, the things to guard your emotion against, the procrastination to guard yourself against. So if there's anything you needed to do, do it now. Because if you're thinking about, okay, I'll do it tomorrow, you might never get done. I, I, what I do now, I carry, I carry like a booklet around with me now because I tend to forget things quickly. So when an when idea comes to my mind, I write it down. Define what to prevent. Define the unbelief to prevent. Define the hatred to prevent. Define the, the blame to prevent. Because blame mentality will not will keep so many people from pursuing what God has in mind for them this year. And define what to portray. Don't be a different person on Sunday when we know that you are you're so different Monday to Saturday. Don't rave up on Friday and turn up and glory up on Sunday. Be consistent in your pursuit of Jesus this year. Portray the nature of a child of God. Portray the nature of a dutiful citizen. Portray the nature of a regenerated and transformed husband. Portray the nature of a submissive and godly wife. Portray the nature of a hard-working soldier. Like Paul said to Timothy, the, portray the nature of a committed farmer. Portray the nature of a di disciplined athlete. Portray the nature of a kingdom citizen. Wherever you are right now, would you just bow your head and we just pray right now? I sense in my heart that there are people, remember I said to you that one of the words of prophecy that God gave me towards the end of last year was that, that we will experience the emergence of certain people who God is going to move so much into their life this year. And we're going to experience a, king, a, a Gideon shift this year. Where certain people will start coming to the reality of the amazing love and amazing grace and amazing power of Jesus. And I say, start to open their heart to Jesus because of the urgency of the time and the passion that they're going to come up with. We will see some of them beginning to overtake people that have been in the church for so long. And the reason is because they've been in church for so long but Christ has not been in them. And so wherever you are right now, and you felt probably, I never had a target modeled for me. So I had to prepare mine. Because I don't want to preach something deep that you don't 
You know, people use the word deep for something they don't understand. So I want you to be able to understand. That's why I'm trying to be, so I'm trying to be as simple as possible without messing with the doctrine of the word of God. Some people probably did not have their target made for them. I remember when I first started teaching, there was a guy who was NQT at the time. NQT just a a newly qualified teacher. His dad had a flat just right next to O2 that was in his name. You can imagine NQT, you already had a flat next to O2 in your name. The only O2 that I had to my name was the fact that I had the Nigerian passport. That, I mean, we have a house in our house in Nigeria as well. That was my O2. And so, I would be stupid to compare myself to Tom. Who's the equity that was already in his flat is like four years my salary. The equity already had. And you, you, you thought Tom and I are starting at the same level. I grew up with friends whose dad were pastors. I married a pastor's daughter. We didn't start at the same level. But I had to make my own target. Because I cannot use the fact that I didn't have the modeling to fail my children. I cannot use the fact that I didn't have a pastor's parent leading me to church, teaching me how to pray. My grandmother was an amazing woman. My grandmother loved to pray. Everything I learned, I learned from my grandparents. But that must never become my excuse. I have become father to so many people. I started by making my own targets. But guess what? When I made the target, I didn't just make the target and depended on my own wisdom. I looked at my target through the eye of the word of God. And I defined what to pursue. And I decided to define what to prevent. That I will not let the graveyard of my past or the experience of my past become the graveyard of my future. I decided I will not let sin be the graveyard of my eternity. Would you bow your heads with me and just say, Lord, in 2021, I am prepared to look away from everything that hinders me from seeking you. I'm prepared to look away from every sinful habit. Maybe I need help. Maybe I need deliverance. Maybe I need some support. I'm not going to pretend that everything is okay. I will approach those who will support me. I will speak to friends, godly friends, who will stand with me in place of prayer and pray with me until change take place. I will look away from and will look onto Jesus. I'm going to set target for my my financial independence. I might have a bad credit score right now, but I'm going to sit down and set target. I'm going to invest in wisdom. Read about how to have a better finance record. Read about how to buy my own property. Read about help to buy scheme. Read about how to go for the next level. I will set my own targets. But I will look at my target through the eye of the word of God. 
and I will believe him for what he's able to do. And while I'm defining what to pursue, I will define what to prevent. I will not allow the hate of the past. The girl that gave birth to a child but left me because I didn't have money. Or the, 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 the girlfriend I thought we were heading for something but because I had nothing decided to just go away. I will define what to prevent, not allowing the pain of the past to stop me. I will define the unforgiveness to let go, the bitterness to let go, the friendship to let go, the lack and affair to let go. And I would define the lifestyle to portray. A lifestyle of a winner. The lifestyle of a conqueror. The lifestyle of a model believer. The lifestyle of someone who knows that God has got them. And I know my momentum in the year 2021 will be evident. It will be purposeful. Father, we just thank you today. I sense in my spirit I, I, that there's someone that is watching me right now and you're saying, it's hard. It, it's so hard. I've tried, to, I've tried to look away from it. It's hard. Maybe you've tried to look away from it by your own strength. I remember one night in 2001, I, I lifted my voice. I, I just said, Lord, it's hard. I, I struggled with smoking. Lord, it's hard. And you might be thinking that maybe I was just attending Sunday school or maybe I was just... No, I was the youth leader of the church. And I was struggling with smoking. I said, God, it's hard. I, I don't know why. Three times I've tried to, to quit smoking. I, I don't know why. I said, God, it's hard. The day that I stopped smoking... I remember when I told someone, they said, why do you say that? I said, the day I stopped smoking, I just forgot. It was like God went into the software into the memory drive of my brain and wiped out desire for smoking. That was the way it happened. I just forgot. I remembered at 11 p.m. that, wait a minute, what? Because I started smoking since year 10. I just remember at 11 o'clock that day that, what? I have not smoked all day. Ah! So if you're saying it's hard, maybe you haven't tried Jesus yet. Just say to him, I need help. Lord, I just thank you today for what you are able to do. I do not make boast in anything. I make boast in Jesus Christ. I make boast in the power of the Holy Spirit. Because you found me when I was, when my system were all messed up. And you began to, you delivered me through the power of the cross. You forgave me through the power of the blood. And you cleansed me through the washing of the word. And you empowered and enabled me through the presence of the spirit. And therefore right now I stand. I stand in your presence. To declare that my momentum in 2021 and the momentum of every child of God under the auspice of my voice and those that will still watch this, it will be purposeful. It will be evidential. 
and it will be life transforming. We give you all the glory and all the praise, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Be and abide with you now forevermore. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. God bless you.